Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Now, as we're concluding Galatians and reading chapter 6, I want to just back up and review briefly. In chapter 1, Paul started out with a direct rebuke for people that were bringing what he called another gospel. And this other gospel involved a form of legalism, or what some have called Judaizing the early church. So Paul put forth a very clear rebuke for this type of um, behavior. Uh, He gave a little defense of his apostolic calling, basically telling the Galatian church that he had the authority to give them the rules of faith and practice, and they were not required to adhere to the tenets of Judaism. Paul went on in chapter 2 and spoke on this this same subject, and he mentioned specifically that Titus was not required to be circumcised, even though Titus had interacted with some of the apostles in Jerusalem themselves, the the preeminent um, Jerusalem council apostles, that they didn't require Titus to be circumcised was a very significant point. Paul, in in chapter 2, also brings forth the heart of Galatians, that were justified by faith in Jesus Christ and were crucified with Christ, that it's all about Jesus, friends. It's all about Jesus. Um, We never lose sight of that. In chapter 3, he talked about life in the Holy Spirit versus life under the law. And he said that if you choose to be under the law, you're under the whole law. You can't choose bits and pieces of it. He goes on to say that the law was our schoolmaster pointing us to Christ, and that in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, and so forth, but we're all one new creation in Christ. Chapter 4, he once again talked about servanthood versus um, sonship, that we're now sons in Christ. We're no longer servants to the law. In chapter 5, he spoke briefly again of legalism and trying to come under legalism and obeying various aspects of the law, whether it be circumcision or other aspects, and said that we should walk in the Holy Spirit and live by the Spirit, not after the acts of the flesh. And he mentioned what have become known as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that there were various hallmarks of true believers. They would evidence the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so today we get to our reading, and I'm reading from Galatians chapter 6. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each one's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the Word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 
See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand? Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Reading again from verse 1, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So Paul is talking specifically to believers. And he says, if someone is caught in a sin, a believer, then the other believers who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So this is the opposite of the very spiritual people just scorning the sinners or avoiding the sinners or ignoring the sin. It says that truly spiritual people should restore people who are caught in sin, that it's our responsibility to go and uh, help the backslider, that's a modern term, um, help the backsliders to get back in step with the Lord. And he goes on to say, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, I I have a great deal of compassion and mercy and grace for anyone who backslides or stumbles and um, falls into some type of sinful situation after they've decided to follow the Lord. And um, uh, it's very easy for me to reach out to someone who is backslidden into sin and to give them grace to, to return to the Lord. However, I have a difficult time with myself if I sin. I extend myself the same courtesy and grace that I do to other people. But the truth is that we who live in the Spirit should be quick to receive the restoration from the Lord for ourselves, and we should be quick to extend restoration to others um, that are having a difficult time in their walk with the Lord. Ultimately, we're all responsible for our walk with the Lord. Um, the King James uses some phraseology in both the Old Testament and New that I love. It says, take heed to yourself. Over and over again, um, Moses uses the expression, take heed to yourself when he's talking to the, the people of Israel. In other words, consider your ways. Paul also uses it in the King James in various places. Take heed to yourself, implying that we're, we're all responsible ultimately for our relationship with the Lord. In verse 3, Paul writes, I'm back to Galatians 6, verse 3, If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. This is the take heed to yourself. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. And so your pastor is not responsible for your relationship to the Lord, your husband, your wife, your mother, your father. Ultimately, we all are responsible for our own walk with the Lord. And so the test of each of our lives is something we should carefully examine our own hearts and ask the Lord to help us from time to time. Verse 7, Paul writes, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. 
A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And I pray that we would be among those who are sowing uh, where our actions are intended to please the Holy Spirit, not intended to please our flesh. And I recognize that all of us, to some degree, uh, move away from pain and move toward pleasure. But the idea is to be led by the Spirit, not led by the flesh. The idea is to be living according to the principles of heaven, not according to the principles of this world. So with just a, a prayer within the in the message today, Lord, I pray that we would all be among those who sow things that please the Holy Spirit, and in due season we would reap eternal life. Paul continues in verse 9, he warns us not to become weary in doing good. I know that um, sometimes people, when they're doing the things that are right and they're going through difficult times, they get tired of doing what's right when it seems that there's no um, uh, reward for virtuous behavior. But Paul says we're not to grow weary in doing right because at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. In other words, if we give up, there's no promise for Um, a harvest of benefit from heaven if we give up in doing what's good, doing what's right. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers, Paul writes. And so we should have a, a preference for those who are in the family of God, for other Christians. We should prefer them in love, doing good to everyone, but especially those who are are believers like ourselves. Paul refers, verse 11, to large letters. He says, See what large letters I used to write to you with my own hand. Now, some have taken this along with what he writes in chapter 4 about an illness and said uh, that these large letters indicate that he was having some kind of vision problems. Remember in verse 15 of chapter 4, he said that they would have torn out their eyes and given them to him if they could have. So they say this illness was an eye problem. He's writing in large letters because he couldn't see very well. And that's possible. But it may be that Paul was just saying, see that I write with my own hand. In other words, I'm writing this letter. I'm not dictating it. Uh, You recognize my handwriting. And the illness uh, could be any kind of illness. And the tearing out the eyes uh, could indeed be referring to an illness of his eyes, or it could be a figure of speech that they would have done anything for Paul. Paul goes on in verse 14, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And so may our boast be found in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, not in the things we suffer or in the things we accomplish, but we boast in Jesus Christ. In verse 15, Paul says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. And of course, he's talking about the new creation found in Christ Jesus. And so being born again is not just a change of behavior. It's a change of kingdom. You're born into this world in the natural realm, and you must be born into the kingdom of heaven spiritually with a new birth, a new creation in your inner man. This new creation in Christ is what brings us into eternity to live as sons with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that we are indeed crucified with Christ. I pray, Lord, for those that are listening that they would not grow weary in doing what's right, Lord, that they would continue to do what's right, and in due season, they would not give up and would reap a a harvest from heaven. 
Lord, I pray that we would be among those who do take heed to ourselves and our own walk with you, that we would examine our own lives from time to time and make sure that we're living by the Holy Spirit, not according to the tenets of this world. We thank you for all of these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.